10 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Your studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. It's Tuesday. I'm tired and I didn't know what to do. Anyhow, what's Only going on, Gordon? Tuesday. I know. It's Tuesday. It's been a long, long couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, I was listening to the podcast the other day doing a little air check and one of the nice things about the remodel of the podcast studio is now my microphone is up higher my console's up higher and so you guys don't hear the springs on my microphone because i'm not adjusting it 30 times an episode like i used to so if you go back and listen to the old episodes yours doesn't do it i think you have a better quality but I'm like this it's barely hanging on this man. well it's not doing now but you hear you would hear this in the oh, background, yes, you know. would hear the squeaking of the springs, but now that's <coughs> all gone. But anywho, how are you, fella? I'm doing all right. Although, have we talked about <sighs> people who seemingly want to have the race to who's got it worse than others? Yeah, anybody who was born and grew up, anybody who was born in the late 70s and grew up in the 80s and 90s, especially when... All of our parents got divorced, and all of us had shitty home lives, and someone would go to school talking about how shitty their home life is, and everybody in their circle would have to jump in with how bad their home life was. And it quickly de- disintegrated and evolved into who had a shittier childhood, even though we oh, all had keys around our you got it neck. bad. Well, I had this happen. And it really seemed to be more, I hate to say it, it's going to sound sexist, women-based. Yeah. That's because yeah. they like the drama. I get it. Misery loves company, but it ain't a race to win. No. Uh-uh. You know, I was listening to a comedian, an author, somebody on Joe Rogan the other day, mm-hmm. and he was his whole mantra to life and is love. Love wins the way, and not in the hippy dippy way. But him and Joe got into a kind of a deep conversation about if if love was quantitative, meaning you could go to the doctor and they say, okay, hey Gordon, you're low on iron, you're low on testosterone, you're low, you're high blood pressure. If they're able to perform a test on you, or not you because you're well-loved, but you know, a, 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 a person who maybe sticks themselves, maybe the type of person that would lead to do violence or crazy things, and they would say, oh, you're low on love. You haven't had physical contact in a while. You haven't had you know, human interaction. You're low on love. How, you know, if we had a way to quantitate love and then reciprocate when someone needs it, how how the world would probably be a better place. And, and Joe was like, well, I don't know about all that. And the, all you need is love. Well, the example do, do, um, do. he gave, which actually was kind of mind-blowing, <laughs> he's like, what is the most beloved animal on the planet amongst humans? Dog. It's dog. He said the dog came from a wild beast, a wolf, a canine out in the wilderness, and we domesticated it. And throughout life and throughout history, the status of mankind, you know, depending on where we were, living in caves versus living on a farm, living in a tent, living wherever, the level of our comfort directly resulted in the level of love or trust or 
comfort we provided the dog. Obviously, living in the cave, the dog provided a, it was a hunting thing. It still it was still a beast. Still, as time progressed, as we got more comfortable, as we got more lazy, dogs have got more and more loved. And now to the point where we can all agree, we all love dogs more than humans. And he was basically saying, is it any wonder that we're starting to see more and more videos of dogs seeming to get smarter or to be more well-behaved or just... His theory, his hypothesis is you can look at how dogs are evolving into a better species, and his whole hypothesis was based on the amount of love they're given versus other animals. Meanwhile, humans are backsliding hard. Mm-hmm. De-evolutionizing. De-evolution, yes. Yeah. I think the first time I heard that was in the 90s, believe it or not. Yeah. So it is the Two of Us Assholes podcast today, I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? I'm going to steal a line, for a joke from Adam Carolla. Go ahead. Crocs are like getting blown by a dude. They feel good until you look down and realize you're gay. Really? <laughs> I can proudly say that nary a croc has touched my foot or a generic. I can proudly say... <laughs> That nary a croc I can touch proudly my foot or generic. That nary okay, a croc I can touch proudly my foot or generic. What a difference seven fucking days makes. Nay, you didn't even make it seven days. So for those yeah, who, I made it this long. So we for those you who didn't for those you who weren't here last week, shame on you. But <laughs> me and Mike are on here talking about let him drink in the night. How Mike Judge was on uh, the aforementioned Joe Rogan podcast, he was talking about when he created Ideology, the movie, in his script, people were so dumb, people were so lazy, they all wore these gooey, stupid shoe. And it the is budget, a gooey, stupid shoe. I the budget got that. cut so bad for special effects after the preview of like the demo got made that the movie production company and the distributor and the people financing the movie cut the special effects budget in half. And so the wardrobe lady who was tasked with making these stupid, ugly, gooey shoes for all the la- lazy people came to him and said, look, I found this startup company. They're, they're not even you know on the market yet. They're still a startup. Here's a picture of this. Somebody's already making these lazy, ugly, gooey shoes. They're probably not going to be around long. They're, they'll be a bust. Good news is we don't have to make them. We can buy them. And it'll be cheaper than making, you know, making molds, creating, designing, development, these costume shoes. Perfect. Way to save money. Turns out they were Crocs, and if you go back and watch Ideology, all the all the idiots were wearing Crocs, and so Gordon so had to step I in. Almost Gordon had to step in and just put in his two cents on Crocs. After all, because me and Mike are the morons, because I have a generic pair, and Mike was proudly wearing his pair. So Gordon had to jump in with. I'm gonna steal a line, for, a joke from Adam Carolla. Go ahead. Crocs are like getting blown by a dude. They feel good until you look down and realize you're gay. Yep. <laughs> and then to follow it up this. I can uh, proudly say. Proudly say. That nary a croc has nary touched a my croc. foot or generic. So he was on his shoebox on high. I Talking down to us. The Florida Crackers and our silly little utilitarian swamp shoes. It's not shoes. just Florida Crackers, man. Everybody wears them everywhere. But. But they, they've they been at the height of popularity that it appears to have seen because even when when Mike Judd was on Joe Rogan, he had no idea what Crocs were. They had to show him pictures. Like, even to 2022 in the middle of Texas, 
you know, he, he, he had never seen anybody wear a croc. Never came across his radar. So down here in the south and in the swamps, people have been wearing them and wearing the little buttons on them. And I, I actually it was uh, I think it was like season one of Shark Tank. No, the little snappy Bobby things that people put on that was invented by a by a dad and her like thirteen year old, like for elementary school or some shit. So it's just but been around for like twenty years. They don't breathe except for the holes and plug up the holes. And so it just it seems to me now that maybe Crocs are popping up on the pop culture radar on the West Coast now because I do know people nah, they've here been for a while. who are wearing them more fashionably now, too. And to the point where the world's ugliest shoe, sadly, created by my beloved Adios in collaboration with uh, Kanye West. They make the ZZs or whatever the fuck they are. Gordon, you got your computer in front of you? Yeah. You want to puke? Cheesy slip-ons. Hold quick, on, we'll get to it. Um, okay, I think, what am I typing in? What are they, Kanye West, the Jeezys, or Adidas? Oh, yeah, I know what they are, Yeezys. Yeah, Yeezys. The, yeah, Yeezy slides, or Yeezy. They make a... Yeah, look at the, the slides. Those look like prison shoes. What about the foam runner? That's really ugly. Yes, now that looks like something out of Halo. The Adidas Men Yeezy Foam Rubber Runner. Is that not the ugliest goddamn shoe you've ever seen? It reminds me of a 90s basketball shoe for some Now, story. if they were making ideology today, or ide- idiocracy today, that yeah. would be the shoe that the morons wore. You see the price point on that shoe? Yeah, I see the price point on that shoe. $400 for a foam shoe that looks like you stepped in fucking bread dough at the goddamn bakery. Yep. It's like they molded your foot in silly putty. And so... so- a short four and a half days after Gordon boasted that he had nary. I can proudly say that nary a crock has touched my foot or generic. Like four <laughs> days later, he sends me a text. Hey, I'm at the crock just outlet store. Now, I, I wasn't going to get any either. I, I was expecting to... some jokes, some whimsy. Hey, dipshit. No, him and his old lady both walked out with a pair of crocs. So what happened in the four days after this statement and the time you walked into the door of the Croc store? Well, you said the magic word, the a partner, the old lady. It doesn't mean and they end up on your it, shoe. Hold on. And look, she always looks for a deal. I've jokingly said that Greeks are cheaper than Jews. They're looking for deals. One can make and the argument that she would have just bought herself two pairs of them. I, yeah. <laughs> you but then I thought, well, yeah. You really can't bitch about it until you try it. So, I have tried them. I have worn them. They are basically my dog walking shoes. That's it. You say that until you got to make that trip to the gas station. They're not as comfortable as people make them out to be. They have a breaking in point. I will say my hey dude, you know there's no S in hey dude, but when you talk refer to I almost bought the Croc variant of hey dude. Or the croc variant of a slide just did not have the standard issue croc. But the hey dudes have a breaking in point too, so they get more comfortable as time goes by. But what's going to happen is you're going to, you've dubbed them your dog walking shoes because you don't want to be seen in public in them. Which is, oddly enough, it's in public. It's at a park and there's a bunch of people walking dogs. And then what happens? Oh, it's just a quick, just a quick trip to the gas station. I'll just kick on the crocs. They are still stupid looking shoes. 
And then the next day, it's a quick trip to Albertsons. And the next thing you know, you're getting your promotion at your boss's office wearing fucking Crocs and cargo shorts. Never going to happen. But, uh, yeah, so we got some. She got hers. Hers is kind of like a platform Croc. No, of course. So she's like three and a sale. half apples tall. She's only a half an apple taller than a she's Smurf. four apples tall. Get it correct. <laughs> okay, she's one apple taller than a Smurf. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of it. I've been looking, I mean, I've been using my slip on vans because when I do take him for a walk, I'm looking for something where I don't have to tie my shoes, but the vans are, I've been having a heel problem lately. My, my, my what has more arch support? Acting up. What has more arch support, your rubber shoes or your vans? Oh, but definitely the rubber shoes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Every time um, I go to the gym and I, and I brought this up before, every time I go to the gym and I see the girls working out or powerlifting for some unknown reason today like the end shoe for young girls who are at the gym are fucking chuck taylors and it's like you're at a gym now granted most of them are just squatting and powerlifting which is fine but for the occasion of the one who wants to get on the treadmill the elliptical what have you it's like you're wearing a shoe that soul was created in 1938 and has not changed at all not an iota the Chuck Taylors are very heavy. They're flat. They're not good for running or really any like speed movement, such as vans, but vans came out 30 years after. Vans, but, yeah, because the newer vans are uh, a little different. Yeah, I remember one time Stan came back from the van store, and he, he had modern, more newer DC-style vans. He said because the, the guy at the van store said, hey, I'd be honest with you, a man your age, you're going to want something with some new technology, soles and art support, not the old clunky 1960s technology. So he clowned on him for being an old? No, he was just on, he was just proving our point that this shit was invented in the 60s. It's old technology. It was just a rubber with some canvas. There's no art support. There's no ankle support. You know, it's not Although, meant for movement. I will will say it's something odd I've noticed. Morgan Long right? just checking in. Facebook just got himself a pair of hey dudes. It starts with one. Wow, somebody can actually view us on Facebook. I was about to suggest everybody just go over to YouTube. Uh, I can't uh, get this shit to stream at all. I know you're not on yeah, it's a little... Oh, no, the delay. I know you're not on TikTok, Morgan, but I did a little video where I show if you want your Hey Dude to last longer and look newer, use the same spray, if you follow any of my guidance throughout the years, that you use on your hat to minimize sweat stains. If you don't have any, you can pick some up on Amazon or get on the lids. As soon as you get them, just spray on the inside and the outside, let them dry. It's like Scotch Garden your couch and just do it every few months. Because it rains down here every day. And, you know, the fuckers are, you know, they're... Not ex- cheap shoes for what they are. And what so, is a cheap shoe and what is an expensive shoe to you these days? Um, seventy dollars for a foam shoe is an expensive shoe for me. I when you can get a much. leather pair of Chuck Taylor All Stars for seventy nine bucks, that's leather and lasts you five years. Yeah, I think one was like fifty bucks a piece. Yeah, hey dudes are nothing store. but foam and fucking burlap. So to and they're that's, they're that's sixty five exactly bucks. That's exactly what these were. They're yeah. sixty five bucks. I mean, have you uh, seen the uh, Crocs version of the Hey Dudes? No, I've seen the Reef versions over at West Marine. But as I as I said, kind of rag as we all kind of the whole point of this is we all rag on things before. Uh oh, uh oh. What? 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 Crocs Incorporated completes a acquisition of casual footwear brand Hey Dude trademark. Well, it doesn't surprise me because the sole is basically the same material, so why not? So does the Hey Dudes have, like, it's kind of real rough along the top of it? Well, they like have... It's not sewn. It doesn't have a They have two types. My, my new type is 
rough stitch like burlap Mexican poncho. My they have two types, and then they have the other type at the stitch line. They have piping, like a nice couch. So I have both. But as I was, as we pointed out before, I you know I was right. They are basically a new equivalent of my slip-on DVSs, the corduroy slip-ons, which were just a fancier version of generic corduroy slip-ons that people have been wearing for years. But, yeah. Okay. So knowing the price of a croc, mm-hmm. how much would you expect a croc hey dude to be? Probably the same. 35 bucks. Well, now we know it's why. It's probably the same shoe at this point. Well, I was going to say, if they just acquired <laughs> hey dude... Which was kind of my point when I saw the reef ones at West Marines. Like, if you're going to make a knockoff version of something, it usually is cheaper than the original. You don't make something exactly the same at the same price point. Otherwise, people will buy the, the, the trendy one. But, no, that does not surprise me that, uh, that Hey Dudes got bought out by Crocs. And, you know, and that's the dream of everybody who, like, invents something. Their goal is, I'm going to run this business for five, six years and let somebody bigger buy me out so I can retire and run away with the millions. There's a Croc snow boot with holes in it. That's cool. I uh, spent $200 on boots, get heartburn over $65 shoes. Because you know the $65 <laughs> shoes aren't going to last as long as the $200 boots. Yeah, but I bet you the Crocs are more comfortable than the Walmart brand. Speaking of which. Put a Walmart brand of shoe on that's been comfortable. Enough. I need help, Southwest Florida. Maybe Morgan Long, you know. I need a cobbler. Nay, I need a boot sole repairman. That would be a cobbler. We used to have a Red Wing Boots store here in Fort Myers, and I don't know if it was pre-COVID or during COVID, they just pulled us Kaiser Sose and vanished. My reproduction Cochrane jump boots that I've had for about eight years now when I was up in my event in Georgia last winter, um, because they are old-school boots, the tire-grade stitching right on the insole on the center of your foot on both of them dry rod and separating. So I need somebody who has that machine that can restitch that fucker back together and not cost charge me more than a <laughs> Oh no, these these boots are so authentic. They have the nails on them. Remember when we watched cartoons? The, remember the Warner Brothers cartoon where the cobbler fell asleep and the trolls came out and made the shoes in the middle of the night and they're hitting each other mm-hmm. with the hammers and they're pegging the nails like why did they have nails in their shoes? My World War II boots had the nails in the fucking soles. <laughs> that shit was all true. Oh, yeah. So you're a tech guy, right? Next to Alpha. So is it still open? Did they move? You have, Send me a private message. I need to get these boots sent out so when I need them, they're, they're prepped and ready to rock. So every time I bring up Facebook, the whole page freezes. Only Facebook. Try a new browser. Are you on Chrome? Yeah. Don't do it now. Well, here's what you can do. Load Microsoft Edge. Mm-hmm. Just go to chrome.google.com because if you do it from Google Chrome, they won't do it. So you're going to go to Google Chrome. Just go to chrome.google.com from Edge and download it, and it'll overwrite the version you have in there. I had to do or mine because. It's a Brave browser, right? Yeah, you can do that too, but all your shit. Red Wing Store. No, it is not, Mike. I, okay, Mike, I oh. defy you. Is that Mike, no use for a name? Mike, no use for a last name, is joining us on Facebook. He said the Red Wing shoe is still on 41. Unless they moved, I've been looking for it. Uh, now I'm going to have to type in Red Wing shoe. And I've even Googled it, and it doesn't come up. So I want you to produce the phone number for the Red Wing boot store while we move on. And um, we'll just buy Gordon a little time because he's looking that up. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. It's common knowledge in the English language that vehicles are often referred to as she. This goes for airplanes, ships, and vehicles. 
So if you are a conservative who affixes truck nuts to your vehicle, you have made your vehicle transgender. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And this I has been the What's in that. Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the industrious guys because all about 12, 15 years ago when uh, Mike Scott was still running things. Not Mike Scott. Um, Rick Scott. In his sense of decorum and family values, he outlawed truck nuts. Mm-hmm. So the I like the industrious redneck who gets out his MIG welder, perhaps his TIG welder, and gets himself some industrial size 8-inch square nuts and welds him a pair on a chain and then welds that to the bumper of his truck, thus making industrial-grade truck nuts. There is a shoe store in Pine Manor, Florida. I'm going, uh, no. On 11150 South Cleveland Avenue, Suite 150, Fort Mer 33907. Opens 10 a.m. Wednesday. I'm going to Pine Manor. I'm good, thanks. Confirmed by this business three weeks ago. So they just opened in Pine Manor. Now, I'm good. I don't want to get robbed on the way to drop my shoes off. What is it? What's wrong with Pine Manor? That's kind of an expensive work boot store to have in a place. Well, there is a neighborhood. Alleging they don't work. There's a neighborhood in Fort Myers called Pine Manor, which Dave used to live in. He could tell you all sorts of fun stuff. That's where it's at. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for another episode of the What's In Your Head podcast. Please help support the channel by going over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link, like, subscribe, sign up. It's only a dollar a month. And while you're there, please head over to YouTube and like and subscribe and follow and view some of our videos to help us get to where we need to go. Real quick, I'm going to get this off my chest. So uh, you had a video on TikTok that made 1.7 million views. How do you make? How much did you make on it? How do you make a viral video? How do you know when a video goes viral? The answer it's is when it goes viral. Nobody <laughs> fucking knows. Nobody knows. I now have 16.5 thousand subscribers. You would think on the rule of 1%, anytime I post a video, at least three to 500 people would see a video. So how is it when we go out fishing, and I have Mike, no use for last name, recording me carrying Carrie down the boat ramp and gently plopping her into my kayak, that a short 24 hours later, that video has 12 views. Is there such thing as a gentle plop? Not 12,000. Not 1,200, not 12 12. likes, not 12 comments, 12 views. That means that video has been played on TikTok 12 times in 24 hours. When I have a dozen eggs worth of views. When I have 16. Not even a baker's dozen of donuts. Nope, not even 13. When I have 16,500 subscribers, that video was only played 12 times, and I shared it with three people. You say, Don, what's the big deal? That means you only got really uh, nine views out of it. Well, interestingly enough, I sent Carrie that video because, after all, she's in it. I sent her the raw format. She posted the exact same video, changed the song, posted it on her page, and within 24 hours got 8,000 views. So how does the same video posted on two different platforms, one four hours before the other, one... But see, that's the thing. This isn't, I'm not talking about 12 shares. I mean, TikTok, the program, put it on eight people's timelines when I have 16,000 people who say they want to see my shit. 
It's because you're a middle-aged white male. Well, it's funny you say that because young Josh over at my new place who just graduated high school said to me, because he's a smart kid and his dad kept him away from the internet and uh, games his whole life, because when it's on your TikTok, it's toxic masculinity of you carrying a distressed woman down the street, uh, down the boat ramp. When it's on her TikTok, it's her showing the love of her husband, carrying her down. <sighs> okay. So Did that I, make your head want to explode? No, because I posted it on Instagram this morning, and within two hours, I had 65,000 views. So how does this all work? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. And the same video on my TikTok with 15,000 subs- 16,000 subscribers gets 12 views in two days. Same video, same song put on Instagram where I have 500 subscribers. <laughs> Not, not 500 gets 65,000 views in less than a day. So I don't know how any of this works. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So for those of you out there trying to figure out how to make the next big trending video, good fucking luck because I don't know how any of it works. Yeah, is trending videos that important to anybody? No, but just the fact that if you put the same video on the same platform under two different user accounts, the algorithm will let one person's profile play that video 12 times in 24 hours and the other video... Algorithm, and then you put on a completely different platform, and it gets sixty-five thousand views in three hours. It's just, it's just weird. I, I don't fucking get it. She drop it in a nuggets and see how many views she gets. Do, do, do. No, why don't we shut her shit down again? That's another another story for another time. We're not. Netflix. Fair. Netflix. You step the sounder. Boom, boom, boom. Netflix Thank is you, struggling. Are they though? Yeah. I heard Stranger Things really helped them out. Netflix is struggling. Yeah, see, Morgan Long saw it on Instagram today. He was one of the 65,000 people who saw it today, but not one of the 12. Anyhow, Netflix is struggling. We've talked about before. Netflix, kind of a victim of their own success, but they they were basically the frontier of streaming video. They had access. They paid all the rights to all the licensed product out there. Now the whole world's going streaming. So as we said before, they're not getting the licenses now because the movie production company's like, well, why rent it to them when we could post it on our own streaming service? And make so all meanwhile, money? Netflix will rent a st- whole studio out in um, in Atlanta and then not let anybody use it. And then they also go over to Belgium, Sweden, Denmark, Germany, uh, That's awesome. Europe, going on there. all over the world to buy up intellectual properties because they can't find any here because you know Paramount's posting them and Disney's posting them and Universal's posting them on their own service. Which is smart business. It's smart business. They need to expand their voiceover actors. As we've said, it seems like just about every foreign video you watch with the American overdubs is the same six bad actors. But that's neither here nor there. The the flight from Netflix has gotten to such an all-time high that in April, Netflix announced that they will introduce new lowered-price ad-supported subscription plan for customers in addition to their existing ad-free basic standard and premium plans. Today, they are pleased to announce that they have teamed up with Microsoft to provide all their advertising needs. So now, if you want the $9 Netflix account of your, because everybody else is paying $20 now, you will get that, but much like a Hulu, a Roku, or many of the free services, you get advertising and commercials. Now, with that being said, I, I would hope... If you're paying nine dollars a month, that they would play the play the commercial at the beginning of the movie and at the end, and not dead nuts in the middle of the fucking thing, 
because it'd be horrible to have your movie play like a Joe Rogan podcast where for some reason Spotify can't wait until he pauses or and starts a new sentence. An ad in there right in the middle. He, they literally will drop an ad right in the middle of a fucking well, syllable. YouTube does the same shit. No, they usually try to find a pause or a break. I, I try to look for the pause, but it's really not. I think, I think, I think YouTube, I think all of them should have a thing. Once you upload the file, you can set a slider. Let the, let the person put markers in there. Okay, start the ad here, here. They have their choice for the ad, but okay, that way when you're recording, you can put a little pause, a little break, and then you can. After these messages. No, we'll that, just right a back. pause. Just a, okay, I'm going to pause for five seconds, drop the commercial in here, and then come back. But literally, and by the way, I, I noticed that um, Corolla's does it on the download version. When you stream it on his app, they will do it when he says, we're going to take a break, and then they'll hit the ads. Mm-hmm. I love it when the producer forgets to take out the tags, and you can actually hear it. I actually heard him on uh, Ace on the House this weekend. Stromer's live dropped out. And so Gary said, okay, post, edit here. And then you hear him behind the, behind the scenes talking, trying to get the, – the editor never edited shit out. He just uploaded the podcast. But anyhow, so I love when you hear the behind the scenes. This is an advertisement for Valvoline. Uh, cart number one seven five. They forget to take off the beginning tags. It, they're not radio it's people. Funny they that don't they know. Still use the term cart. Yeah, well, because these are the same spots that they would run on national uh, mm-hmm. radio stations and you these know what podcasts. A cart looks could, like? Uh, yes, but so do they still use those carts? No, it's all digital. You don't use CDs anymore. Um, For those who do not know, a cart is basically like an eight track. And so Netflix is trying to. Because apparently they've had huge layoffs and everything. And so um, they are trying to work through this with a new low budget. I don't see people, I don't see that being their saving grace. Because as this article pointed out, even at $9 a month, it's still $2 more expensive than Disney+. Plus. So you're going to downgrade from $20 a month to $9, get advertising revenue, still have access to the minimum quality content that they have the ability to buy yet. Universal, um, Discovery, and Disney Plus is still like $2 cheaper. So I don't think that they're... I don't know if it's really going to help them or not. You know, for the longest time, if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, there was three things that we're told causes violence. Gordon, what are those three things? Actually, four if you're around in the 80s, but... The fourth one kind of fell off until Stranger Things came out. out. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons. Heavy metal music. Heavy metal music. Video games. Video games. And access to firearms. One, the Supreme Court has struck down a California law that would have banned the selling of violent video games to children. This was a balancing act between the right of free speech and consumer protection. Good evening. It was rock and roll turned ugly. A rock riot in New Jersey tops the local news. There were nearly three dozen arrests and a state trooper was injured. A post-concert fight captures the headlines. A parking lot disturbance at one arena leads police to mobilize an army at the group's next stop. At issue, the impact of this loud, raucous music, heavy metal music, played here by the supergroup Iron Maiden. 
America armed and dangerous. There are now some 40 million handguns Firearm in this country. Firearm represent an epidemic in Epidemic the of gun violence. Did you want to say 40 million? Gun the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun. Another mass shooting. Well, you got to keep in mind, this is a montage of left-leaning. Uh, 16 people are shot every single day. This is a montage of left-leaning. Heavy metal music. Heavy laid metal here music. by the super group. Laid here Iron by Iron Maiden. America. So this, yeah, this is a montage of left-leaning news groups, but anyhow. Played here by the supergroup Iron Maiden. America armed and dangerous. There are now some 40 million handguns Firearm in this country. injuries represent an epidemic in Epidemic the of gun violence. Join us in this campaign. To reduce Don't get hung up on the numbers because you heard Clinton in there. These are, this is like news broadcast going back to the 70s. So that 40 million number is probably from like 1994. So, yeah, don't well, get... Well, that's a hell of a growth between that and over 350 million today. And so growing up, there's always been a group of people trying to find a reason for the violence. Because if we can stem the reason, the cause, the source, we can alleviate the symptom. Violence, death, murder. Murder. There's a few crazy people, nutballs, if you will, out there who are trying to figure out what's the cause of the root problem. Which is murder. Because after all... Why do you have murder in your heart? If you get on an airplane and skydive in any place in the world with the exception of maybe some third hidden jungle rainforest tribe that still believes in headhunting and cannibalism, with the exception of that group, anywhere you live, land in the planet, you're going to find the most illegal thing you could possibly do is kill somebody. That is the law of the land. That's the most illegal thing you can do. But so yet, if you skydive into wherever and you landed on said person and killed them, you would go to jail and probably hung and died. Jail for murdered. But for some reason, we think if we make laws that the people who've already decided that they're going to break the most egregious law of all, which is murder, that they're going to not convince this murder because of other laws. But that's not the point of my getting into this. My question is. Instead of focusing on the video games, the heavy metal music, <laughs> the ownership of firearms, why don't we look at the true root cause, and that is the devaluation of human life? Because it's just such a difficult, difficult thing with no easy solution. Which, if you think about it, was the plot of Deer Hunter. Mm -hmm. It was over in Vietnam. The Viet Cong had such a devalue for human life that for fun they would get drunk uh, and make like, people play Russian roulette for money. Kind of like Putin? Yeah. Huh. And I have another question that goes with this. Now, I'm not saying that one begets the other because I truly don't know if I believe that violence, video games and violence and heavy metal music creates violence or the ownership of guns creates violence. But based off that narrative... And we're trying to concern ourselves with the ever-growing devaluation of human life. Should we be concerned with a new trend? Played here by the supergroup oh, Iron Maiden. See, I try to make this nice that and is an old trend. What's up, Wisecrack? Helen here, and today we're talking about everyone's favorite guilty pleasure, true crime. Between all the docu-series, podcasts, books, and Reddit threads, it seems that audiences today can't get enough of real-life stories about gruesome violence. This obsession has become so prevalent as to even inspire satire. And then there's this bop. Spider 
So there's clearly something compelling about true crime, and the way it lets us consume content about grisly murder from the comfort of our couches. But what does that say about us as human beings, and as a society? Are we all secret wannabe serial killers, nosy voyeurs, or both? Or does true crime serve some kind of real emotional or psychological function? Let's unravel the mystery in this Wisecrack edition why we can't stop watching true crime. Now, if you're a part of the camp who truly and honestly believes listening to Kiss, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Marilyn Manson, your children are going to go out and kill. Murder. If you believe your kid playing 12 hours a day of Grand Theft Auto is going to result in him stealing a car, going down and getting a lap dance, and then shooting a pimp in the head. If you truly believe just having access to firearms is going to turn into a wild maniac sociopath who's going to go on a killing spree at the local mall, then why was it such a far jump to believe that if we have all, I don't know, probably 8% of our nation sitting around listening to a true crime podcast and going home watching the ID channel for eight and a half fucking hours and their entire pop culture ingestion is nothing but content talking about people being savagely murdered and brutalized. If that trend continues, couldn't we make the hypothesis that maybe that uh, the devaluation of one human life would continue over the next five to 10, 15 years? Hmm. So I kind of got a... A different theory. Sure. My I'm just basing this is, off of their theory that if, no, if no, music no, movies, oh, well, we forgot, we forgot the people who believe that violence in, in movies. Oh yeah. Oh, hip hop. You forgot rap and hip hop. Because um, after all, you know, Hollywood now, they're all the TV shows are using airsoft guns because you know violence and. Although I will say, an airsoft gun is way more passable than the digitized <laughs> bullshit that doesn't do anything. Not that I digress from this conversation, but thanks for bringing that up. One of my biggest beefs, other than the fake blood you see on FX, is fake fire. Which oh I get God. it. Which I they get it. If you're it. filming an episode of Peaky Blinders and got to reshoot the scene where you burn down the caravan, clearly it's nice to still have the prop and not have it in Reach a pile of dust. over there at fucking EA because they kind of pull off fire on goddamn Battlefield. But when you watch TV shows, the fire is so oh, horrible. Gosh, that and blood. <laughs> and so imagine my delight when I see that CBS... Is starting a brand new series on the prime time about forest fire smoke jumpers and forest great an entire series where every episode is going to be revolved around CGI fire. Can't wait for that fucking spectacular. Yeah, when you and the wife can look at each other and watch <sighs> special effects, God, that looks horribly fake. Yeah, only thing that only the CGI fire is only second to the spreading blood on one's clothes from a gunshot wound on any version of Sons of Anarchy, which is the god awful. Although thing. at the beginning, I thought it was much better than as it went on. I think they paid actors way too much money and had to find a cheap way out. <sighs> yeah. So the, the squid my pack theory, hurts when the squid pack goes off. It bruises me. Action! I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker! Oh, it hurts. <sighs> It's so goddamn insane. So we sit here and we think, why is violence and gun violence getting more rampant? Not, hold on. Not only, Mike, did jugglers get profiled as a gang. Oh, they're profiled big time. They are actually on the FBI's list of terror, domestic terrorist groups because two guys from Detroit essentially made a rap opera 
Like rap opera down? What do you mean? Remember in the seventies when Jethro Tull? That's, so that's basically like saying all deadheads who followed Grateful Dead is a fucking gang. Well, see, if you most wanted, list, I know you know we are consistently inconsistent, but parrotheads. But much like a Jethro Tull album or the Who, the rap, the rock operas from the seventies, ICP was a rap opera or a rap horror show. It was. Those seven cards told a story, a comic book, if we will, about their version of the coming of the apocalypse instead of the seven horsemen. It was the dark carnival came down. People were judged on their sins. Those who committed rape, murder, child molesting, crony capitalists went to hell and were killed by the dark How carnival. How the dating show song fit into that? Because, I, <laughs> because like, the... And the entire album, not all 12 songs about that, but the lyrics right. were all mixed in there. That's why they had the opening, and the last song was always the most in-depth. And, gotcha. and by then, they were all commercial. If you go back and listen to Carnival Carnage, Ringmaster, Riddle Box, and the beginning of Malenko, you'll hear it's all in there, especially, you know, Carnival Carnage. It's, it fucking spells it out for you. It does appear to be more ICP songs are popping up on TikTok. Well, yeah, because, you know... Let's be honest. No one has lyrical content. Say what yep. you want about ICP's music. If you actually read the transcripts and put it in a, con if those guys instead of became rappers were writing graphic novels or writing screenplays, that they would be making insane like horror movies. So I would circle back like Saki on the previous comment, but you pushed the boat away from the dock and it's useless to jump for it right now. Well, not really, but I mean, couldn't you see? Like, you know, people say, well, you you get up in the morning, you listen to heavy metal, you listen all day, you're, you're always oh, in a bad mood or depressed. But, I mean, if if someone, uh, you know, someone work, stay at home, a mom, whatever, someone, if you literally get up and you're on Saturday from the time you get up to the time you get to bed and you're watching shows, high detailed shows with interviews from cops, footage, recreations of people just getting murdered, fucking brutalized, and that's right. what you're ingesting 24 hours a day. Well, you, you yeah, take you, that, and I'm going to smash this with some other things that I've kind of heard and kind of coming up with my own thing, I think, is we are, even the poorest among us have it so easy now that our bodies and our, our genet, ge, genetic nature is looking for strife, is looking for problems, is looking mm -hmm. to create something. Friction. You know what I mean? Something to push back on. Something to push back on. And so now these kids who have it so soft and then they may get motherfucked on the internet once. Mm -hmm. they, they, they lose their shit because they don't have any resistance in their life. They're not made to go out and mow the lawn. They're not made to, you know, get out of their comfort zone and, and, and feel a little sweat rolling down their back and, and a little strife in their life. They, uh, they go out and they create it. You know, it's funny you say that because... I'm by no means rich, but I could, if I wanted to, I could afford someone to come out and mow my grass at $25 a shot. I'm a busy guy, but I still do it. I still mow my grass because, A, I, I, I look at it as a part of my workout regimen. I'm out in the heat. I'm sweating. I'm pushing. I'm, I got hills, all that crap. And, two, there's something about doing things yourself for all the things you just mentioned. Yes, monotonous work like that, especially if there's some physical uh, to it, it actually, you end up working through whatever problems you started with before you fucking started that mower is pretty much gone by the time you shut it off. Well, and that's the therapeutic thing about running is mm -hmm. not only are you getting the emotional and physical attributes and um, embitterment through the physical exercise, it's just you and your mind 
and we've uh, and we're not gonna get to it because I've talked it's, about it before. It's plenty of time to think through your problems. If you're out running yeah. three miles, okay, that's a half hour. If you're a good runner, that's a half hour of you just listening to music and thinking. Unless yeah, your you're running with a group, blood gets pumping, the brain blows out that that mental emotional constipation like laxative, and, and and you're good to go when you're done. You may not be on a high, but you will be in a better mental state that's why i don't mind doing the monotonous work i mean i'll bitch about it getting into it but then by the time i'm done i'm like all right that was worth it and there's something and there's something rewarding about creating something even if you're you know trimming something back but you know to have something in a different state than it was before you were there there's something very whether it's you making something in the garage that didn't exist or painting or drawing anything where you're creating or modifying the appearance or existence of something and that's where these camps came in for children, right? Get mm -hmm. them out in the woods, get them out into a difficult situation, something that's out of their comfort zone. And I think they're much more balanced. And maybe that's what needs to go on is more of a push, even from a school level, to get them outside and get them doing something. I don't care if it's pushing a sled or doing some CrossFit training in school. I'd gladly pay a little extra tax money to, to do that enforce the issue then uh what we're doing now locking them down they're they're watching screens all day long they're getting soft mentally and physically and then they snap did we talk about snowflake mountain on this podcast i don't know i don't think so okay um homework assignment we all have had the fantasies at least if you're an old fuck like me who drives a big truck and you're living through the first stages of the environmental movement through the early 2000s when it Obviously, it started in the 90s, but when it hit its peak with the advent of Priuses, you always get these diehards who have tunnel vision. Well, why do you need a truck for you? Drive a Prius. Because I live in Montana, and your Prius is going to get stuck in the mud. Can yeah. you haul anything? And you have these fantasies. Okay, well, let's take these people who know everything, put them in their Prius, and send them to, like, a Big Bone, Kentucky, or a Montana, or somewhere, or swamps of Florida, and see how... How long that'll last. Or why Especially need, if they got a, a house on top of a hill in Verona. Why do you need a car when you can ride your bike to work? Well, sure, Clancy, you live in Chicago. Well, let's take you down to Walton, Kentucky, where your job's in fucking Erlanger. Have fun riding that bike, Steve. And tell us, because we all live in different states, we all live in different environments, and what works for you in Chicago doesn't work for you in Grass Lake's fucking Iowa. And we all have different interests that require a different tool for the job. And we all have fantasies like, oh, wouldn't it be great to get a TV show where we take these people, I ride my bike, and then put them in, okay, now you're in Fargo, North Dakota on a farm in the wintertime. Have fun with your 12-speed, Richard. Well, someone kind of did that, and it's a fantastic show, and I bring it up because it shows to Gordon's point about how roughing it, hands-on, durability, going back to the old ways that wasn't that old. People did it quite often in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s, and still do it in parts of the countries. And that is getting away from what happens to people when they actually get out of the AC get out of comfort and get off the technology. And here's the whole, and this is on Netflix. It's kind of goofy, but watch it, you'll love it. It's fantastic. It's called Snowflake Mountain. And here's the premise. They get two ex-military guys who are in their 30s. So they're still kind of millennials, borderline on Gen Z because they want the age group to be you know, they want a control group if you will. Yeah, like your black rifle type guys. Then they get 12 13 of the most cliche dictionary wikipedia definition of modern day snowflakes from all london united states canada and these are the kids like 
these are kids of millionaires, kids of rich kind of people. Like blue hair, gauged out of years. Blue all. hair, live with their dad who, you know, who brings home, you know, a million dollars a year. They These guys are 20, 30, never had a job. They still live with their parents. The epitome of, you know, oh, I'm an Instagram uh, I'm an Instagram influencer. I have two million followers, and all, all across the board, you got the gay guy, you got the fat chick from London, all across the board, and they tell these guys, "Hey, congratulations! You've been chosen to do a reality show. We're going to take you to the hills of this mountains, and you're going to stay at a high-end ski resort that we have rented out just for you, and we're going to film like a Big Brother type show." It's going to be a reality show, a lot of partying, a lot of banging, a lot of hooking up. It's woo, you know, Jersey Shore meets whatever. And so these cats get their book bags, their luggage, and they're in these Land Rovers, and they're bumping around, going through this these hills, and they get to the top, and there's an area that's been clear cut for forestry, and the drivers get out and drop all their bags on the corner, and the Range Rovers drive off into the sun, <laughs> and they're standing around like they got a couple of wall tents, and they're a- like, "What the fuck?" And then here comes these two thirty-year-old retired army specialists. One's an EOD guy. One of them, I think, was like a, a medic. And long story short, that's it. They make them live in Western-style wall tents. I think it's in New Zealand somewhere at some beautiful camp. I mean, these tents. $5,000 a piece, but these guys are like, oh my god, this is a shit show. You know, they got these nice, beautiful wall tents on these wooden platforms, but they literally make a handful of these guys skin a deer. And they make them chop down wood. They make them sleep in wall tents. They make them, uh, they put food drops, make them swim across the lake to get one food drop, make them figure out, and long story short, they can quit at any time. But here's the rub. The pot for the winter is $50,000. Anytime a person leaves the show, they remove $5,000 for the pot. So now that enforces, that makes everybody who wants to win try to prevent their buddy, their, the, someone from leaving. You can leave at any time, but if you leave, we're taking $5,000 out of the pot. And you can see these people who have never lived without cell phones, internet, you can see how their personalities change. I think they're at this camp for like probably 30 to 60 days. And just cooking for themselves, camp-grade food, sleeping in wall tents, cold showers, bathing in a lake, shitting in an outhouse, burning their own shit. It completely, fundamentally changed. I think only two people quit. It completely, fundamentally changed these people. And it just it puts I into what you were saying. I'm glad they went through it, too. You know, um, and you can see how, holy shit, this isn't just a bunch of old people saying, well, if you put, they took it, they put it, they basically took 12 13 people, put them in a, in a wilderness lab and prove the point. If you start chopping down trees and building your own fires and doing all these wilderness, not even survival stuff, really, just your you, shit that normal people would do on a fucking fun weekend in the 70s. You know what grade I was in when I started swinging an axe and chopping wood? <sighs> this is in Richwood. Third, second grade, third grade? Third grade, you got it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, Whenever they get a gold brick or somebody who's just not pulling their weight, they send them to Last Chance Lake. <gasps> you have to get on Last Chance Lake, and instead of sleeping on a cot in a $5,000 Western wall tent, they're sleeping in a pup tent 
on a lake that's... Don's like, they should just have a World War II. Well, I told Carrie, they, they try to make it look horrible by putting grass on it, but I told Carrie, I said, that's what I sleep... That's a fucking... It's, it's a pup tent. They're sleeping in what I sleep in voluntarily on a World War II weekend. They're like, oh, there's... I gotta sleep Actually, on the Actually, theirs probably has a floor, so yours is... No, the, no they're sleeping on a nice fucking uh, modern-day Gore-Tex sleeping bag. I'm sleeping on 80-year-old wool blankets. And so I'm just laughing, like, so this is the punishment is to sleep in a wall tent on the edge of a lake? Anybody in our generation, like, dude, I saved up three months to do that. Dude, when I was in Big I had to take a vacation Sky, day and save up my bonuses to take my family to sleep in a canvas tent on the edge of a lake. When I was in Big Sky, and you know how cold Montana got, there were people who actually had pinched a, a wall tent, was living out of it just so they can pursue their dream of riding and skiing all the time. The wall tents are badass. Um, Them and yurts. Especially World War II ones. Um, what a lot of people do is in the 60s and 70s, the Boy Scouts would make their own version of the World War II wall tents, but instead of them being OD green, they're like a sage, like a... Mm -hmm. Remember the color of the tents that, like, Granny had in the 70s and 80s? Everything was this yes. weird, like, dental green. Yes. I don't know why. That was just, like, the color canvas. Maybe we ran through all the OD green in the war and said there's nothing left but this, like, weird mint. We'll water down this green a little, and here we go. But guys would buy these Boy Scout mint green wall uh, wall tents, and they would just spray paint them OD green, and they look just like the World War II ones once you paint them. But even those, if you can you find them. as well, though, I'd imagine. Once, if you can find them, though, they're, like, two, three. They're the fucking still two, three grand. Those things are expensive as hell. Mike, no, used to, for a last name, said we used to go out to the boat and camp out on the picnic island when I was a kid. But the problem is now is like, well, where do you go a, to a camp exception nowadays? to the rule for that age range, you know? Where do you go to camp nowadays? I mean, everything's just, there's no public land, really. You almost have to drive, you know, the idea of let's or, go get on my boat and sleep on an island. Yeah, you're going to get ran off by Florida Fish and Wildlife in the middle of the night anymore. But yeah, so check that show out. Carrie and I binge watched it in two days. It's a great show. Like, so when you first start watching, you're, you're rolling your eyes, like, okay, and then you actually, like, oh, if you make it through two, it's a good show. It's called Snowflake Mountain. And I hope they make a season two. Remember when we went to that uh, summer camp up in Bell Fountain? Yeah, so it was Camp Wilson. Camp Wilson. So where yeah. I was, is I was all the way out across the lake with all, everybody roughing it. Camp Wilson was interesting. They had three tiers. They had the young cat tiers like me. I would think I was in second or third grade. Then they had the girls who basically had a equestrian camp. And then they had the boys who had the rugged. They slipped in. Oh, they no, it was Lord boys. of the Fly it, shit. It was, it was actually mixed. One of my counselors, and I remember him to this day, he uh, actually had uh, an artificial leg. Uh, and we, I remember one time we went, we played some serious mud football that turned into tackle. And it was, it was the greatest thing. Although Thundercats roar was kind of a big thing back then. Uh, I remember one of the camp councils got kicked out of there because they would teach us how to skateboard on the tennis courts. And one of them got kicked out because he kept saying skater die. <laughs> and the fact that you're telling people you're going to die, they kicked him out. And he's no oh, longer camp a camp council. still around. I got to look that one up. But anyhow, go, that, I got <laughs> That was my first rule of don't make assumptions and wait until you find out what happened before you get offended and upset. We were there for, what, two weeks? Yeah. I got no letters from Dad or Melody. Nope. You got one. Lisa got one. Because I, I think that was part of the curriculum. Is the parents had to write their kids at least one letter. I don't even remember letter. a letter. You trust me, you got one. Uh, okay. I didn't. Come so to Cam find Wilson. out on the... Come to find out on the last day... There was another kid there with the first name Donnie, and they were giving him all my letters. 
So I was pissed off my parents. All right, everyone, the kids are reading letters. I didn't get one once because back to Don said, "I'm the youngest. Nobody told me nothing. Nobody." Yeah. No, the other kid got. Yes, him. YMCA Camp Wilson is still around. It'd be. Very I wonder cool. what the curriculum is, though. I guarantee it's changed. That's what I'm trying to get to here. I must bet that they don't have the buddy system in the lake anymore. Now it's probably like you need five people to go swim at one time instead of just two. You know, there is, um, maybe maybe we'll do that. Morgan, you're invited to um, Cecil B. Webb. That's where we go shooting. That's where I took you shooting, Gordon, when you came down here, yeah. the gun range. They have a big lake that you can go kayaking and get eaten by alligators. But, Sweet. But since it's a state park. Is that the, why you're wearing your Crocs? The rudimentary campgrounds are only $3 a weekend. So you just pitch a tent around a campfire. And I just, tell you, I've been... My age may stop me from doing this and, and my wife's comfort level, but I've been really considering getting a, a rooftop tent for either the, the, the Forester or the back of the truck. Well, tents have gotten so cheap now. I mean, you can go to Walmart and get an Ozark oh, Trail, or you can go to castking.com and get an extremist tent for 49 bucks, and then just get a, a, a yoga mat and air mattress. But, mm -hmm. no, I think Carrie and I, when the winter comes down a little bit, I think we're going to do some rudimentary camping. Yeah, I'd like to go up to Utah and do some myself. Speaking of Carrie, beep, 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 medical update, medical update. Hold on. i got to pull up the text. So she got the test results back from her MRI today. Um, I don't know. If, I think I'm going to keep you guys you up to Violate HIPAA laws here, bud. No. Long story short, um, I was kind of correct. She does have a mild tear in her meniscus. She has bruising in her tibia, i.e. the bone. She has um, mild signs of degeneration in one uh, in the muscle tissue, and she has a tear in her knee. And so we got that grocery list along with a prognosis of go see a physical therapist. Now, to me, that seems like a pretty long list of grocery items for a physical therapist to wrap up. You know, up. these insurance companies seem to be pushing the physical therapist before actually correcting the problem. And so that came in at... Like 11 o'clock this morning. Mm -hmm. And so Carrie, of course, was not near her cell phone. The doctor called. They left that as a voicemail, which surprised me. So she blew a phone call back in the doctor's office, to which she got another letter uh, through the patient portal that said, uh, do not worry. I do not feel that you need surgery. But I did refer you to an orthopedic surgeon. Anyway. That's called a second opinion. To have a take a look at. And then... Here's some physical therapist. Yep. So um, she, we, we whipped out a towel tonight, and uh, we're trying to do some minor bending in her knee because now that the MRI didn't come back to it, your muscle's completely disconnected. Don't fuck with it. We're trying to get her to get some movement in her leg. But she starts school on Tuesday, so there's that. <laughs> and her classroom's not even put together. So yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah, Saturday. I'm going to school, <laughs> building a classroom. Anybody wants to join me. So, yeah, check out Netflix series Snowflake Mountain. You'll be happy that you did. Uh, freedom of speech. Dave and I, uh, we've talked about this guy in the show before, and Dave and I have talked about him because he, him and his, his wily group of Christian assholes would be at every concert venue protesting everybody. We'd see the same equivalent of these assholes out in Huntington Beach telling you you're a sinner because you're at the beach on Sunday in a bikini nut. And we got them on random. Worshiping God. Oh, 
especially down on the strip. Now, I've had this sitting in here for since June 29th, my birthday. Dateline June 29th, federal court backs former Myers Beach man in religious sign dispute. Boy, I got some things to say to this fucker. But let's stick to the news story at first. Fort Myers Beach via CBS Miami. Federal court, federal appeals court Tuesday signed with a man who challenged Fort Myers Beach ordinance that prevented him from carrying a sign with Christian messages on the town streets. Three-judge panel of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said the district judge should have granted the request by Adam LaCroix for his preliminary injunction against the ordinance which barred portable signs. Now it is freedom of speech. The panel did not agree with the argument that LaCroix, that the ordinance was content-based constitutional violation, (laughs) but the judges did say the town's prohibition of portable signs likely violates the First Amendment. Quote, the rich tradition of political law signs perhaps is surpassed only by Americans' history of marches and rallies dotted with handheld signs that, and play cards for every imaginable description covering every conceivable political message, Judge Stanley Marcus wrote in a 26-page opinion joined by Judges Jill Pryor and Bill Grant. I'm not going to continue to read the entire thing. I'll just skip down to the bottom. Town officials subsequently dismissed the citation, but LaCroix—I'm well, sorry, he got, a bunch of, he got charged a bunch of shit by— the Fort Myers, because that's the way we work down here. Uh, the U.S. Judge Sherry Polster Chapel last year rejected the request for preliminary injunction, spurring LaCroix and his attorneys from the American Liberties Institute to take the case to the Atlanta-based appeals court. The opinion Tuesday set this case back to the district court. Now, here's the problem with this. You read this story on face value, and you think this is a, this is a case of a man who wants to talk to the people about <laughs> God. What they failed to mention in the story, and I'm sure they were failed to bring in as evidence in the court hearings, is yes, Mr. LaCroix carries a sign, but he also carries a bullhorn and or a full-blown fucking PA system completed with two fucking speakers, a mixing board, and a microphone. Still freedom of speech. And instead of going down to Fort Myers Beach and wanting to spread his gospel... And say, hey, come here, let me talk to you about God. He gets up on his loudspeaker, his bullhorn, his PA, and he disrupts public. He gets on his soapbox and will scream at you and tell your five-year-old that your mom is a whore and she's going to hell because she's wearing a bikini on the beach. So it's not that he wants to spread the word of God. He wants to verbally abuse people for not believing in his religion. And so after dealing with this dickhead for 10 years, Fort Myers Beach finally said, hey, you can't have your signs. And so by getting rid of his signs, you get rid of his message. And so now he's trying to make this a a religious and a freedom of speech thing when truly it comes down to a electronically, audibly amplified verbal abuse of strangers who don't share your same opinions is what it comes down to. They have been set up in front of Fort Rock telling everybody you're going to hell for listening to Satan's music. There's only you're you're, uh, praising false prophets. You should be at home reading your Bible. You're all sinners. Blah. Out there with fucking bullhorns. It would be the Christian, far-right Christian version of the woke cancel culture. Yes. And so this really has nothing to do with religion. This has everything to do with this. His ass kicked. He's actually a big dude. He just imagine, just think of anybody you know that probably I don't know this guy's background. So this is strictly hypothesis and and fun wordplay. 
He seems like the type of guy who maybe found God in jail. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> he's a big fellow. Looks like maybe he's done some jujitsu, tumble around on a mat, wears his still, you know, likes to wear like form fitting shirts. He's a big dude. You know, he, uh, he's not. He, he basically, he's got the strength to back it. If he here, just Google it. federal court backs Fort Myers beach, man. And you'll see a photo of him. He, he's, he looks like he wants to take you on the mat. He would clearly kick some ass. So I don't think he's he got a cauliflower ear. No, he just, he, he looks like a 90. It looks like he probably wore Dickies and fucking baggy t-shirts in the nineties. Or does he look like he wore the weightlifting pants that all the no, you'll see him. He's got like that pencil, pencil beard and all that going. No, he, I guarantee you he, he didn't exactly raise up in a in a Christian school and was going to church every week. And I bet he's had some rough and tumble times in his childhood. Strictly speculation on my point, but just from being around the guy and seeing the way he treats people, this isn't a freedom of speech thing. This is Fort Myers Beach tired of you accosting and verbally abusing people through an amplified sound system on their fucking beaches when people are trying to spend their tourism money. You got some slow internet over there, fella. I'm surprised you're no, doing Zoom. My Google's fucked. I gotta start over with it. Anyhow, anyhow, and before we get to the news, you know, an 18 year old, 13, 17 year old Don would be upset at this story, but as I got older and realized, the guy's a dipshit. I laugh. Rage Against Machines. Uh, Tom Marcello accidentally tackled by security during concert. Did you see this story? I heard about it. Yes. Tom Rowe, the lead guitarist of Los Angeles rock band Rage Against the Machine. Which, ironically, the lead singer also broke his leg in an issue. Was accidentally tackled by security guards who was chasing a fan that rushed the stage during the Toronto concert Saturday night. Morello and the band were playing their final song, Killing in the Name of. Killing in the Name of. Ooh, power flicker. Good thing I got UPSs on everything. Uh, when a man in a red shirt jumped on stage, according to the video post online. In the video, a security guard can be seen chasing after the fan, but accidentally tackled Morello, who falls off the stage. And what's funny about the video is it took probably a good 45 seconds before the stationary Zach De La Roca noticed that his guitar was no longer playing. It was hanging in the mosh pit. And so, um, I don't know. I, I makes Maybe it makes me a dick, but I kind of snickered when I, when I saw that. News and shit. News and shit. Now we're starting with some news and shit. I still can't find the intro for this, but don't matter because it would say the Act Computer's news studio, which is no longer. But joining us from Las Vegas from the Digital 410 news studio, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. So uh, since we were talking about some shenanigans out of Florida. Shenanigans. And whatnot, let's continue on. Uh, This is from the AP, and I'll go ahead and read the headline. Has Florida man finally met his match? We'll meet the Florida sheriff. Because we know there's a couple of sheriffs over there in Florida. Judge, uh, J.D. Grady Judge. Oh, there's more than Grady Judge. So, when a naked man in southwest Florida recently raised a ruckus outside his home and threatened a deputy with a kitchen knife, the SWAT team swooped in and apprehended it. Soon afterward, one Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino. Hold on, I think I have. The- I think I have the news report from that. Hold on, let me let me see if I can just tune in with this news report. Let me. I got to bring up the sound on on Google Chrome. I think we have news footage from the Lee County Sheriff's Department. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hey, Farva, 
What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. That's the Lee County Sheriff's Department. Thank you, fellas. Yes. So, uh, Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino, he's not Italian at all, stood on a man's driveway in combat gear for a news conference while the suspect went to the jailhouse that the sheriff likes to call the Marcino Motel. Do you guys have this problem in Nevada? A Las Vegas, if you will. I know you guys have your, what do you guys call your cops? Metro. We had Sheriff Mike. Which is the sheriff. We had but, Sheriff yeah. Mike Scott, who would mm-hmm. find any fucking camera he could to get in front of, because you know he was building himself a political career, and I think some shit came out, and he kind of, boop. This new sheriff, the one you're talking about, same Marcino. fucking way. Anytime there's a goddamn camera and a microphone, he's there with fucking lights. And well, just... and I think they're trying to up the Polk County Sheriff because in regards to this naked man, Marcino told reporters he's an oxygen stealer in a scumbag. I'm glad he's out of here. I'm proud to say that this county, if you're present, if you present deadly force, we will meet you with deadly force every time and we will win. It's pretty clean, pretty quick. No, I agree with that, but he's always on the news. I did. I tell you, Lee County Sheriff's reached out to me through Instagram for my UPS video, right? Yep. Yeah. Never got a phone call, but I told him what happened. So, yeah. That's what happens when you tag the Sheriff's Department in someone's TikTok videos, you dick. <laughs> like, I need them reaching out to me through Instagram. Oh, right. we were tagged in your TikTok video. So, Can you tell us what happened? Well, Florida, as we know, has become internationally notorious for oddball miscreants mm-hmm. who populate its police blotter and local news reports known collectively as Florida Man. Mm-hmm. There are mur- there are murderers and mayhem and, and any place like any place else, but they are in a in only in Florida incidents like the man charged with the assault with a deadly weapon for throwing an alligator through a Wendy's drive-through window in Palm Beach in 2015. But equally eccentric cast of hard-boiled sheriffs now make a career of going after these guys. Florida man meet Florida sheriff. All but one of Florida's 67 counties have an elected sheriff, and they wield enormous influence in part because they often are the only county elected official. So, yes, you guys got yourselves a, an interesting sheriff down there. What are you doing? Throwing paper through my ring light. <laughs> <laughs> that story was that boring. But we're going to go from Florida over to Poland. Why? Because it's Poland. Eh? A respected Polish scientific institute has classified the domestic cat as invasive alien species. Why? Because Poland. <laughs> I was going to say, does this really help the the, the cause the the um, what's the phrase? I'm the prejudice towards Polish people. Do you hear and about why? the Polish scientist? Do they consider them an invasive alien species? Well, they cite the damage they cause to birds and other wildlife. Some cat lovers have reacted emotionally to this month's decision to put the key scientific scientist behind it and on the defense. (laughs) One, oh Jesus, I'm going to screw Let's be honest, most cat ladies are already emotional. They're just looking for a reason to pin their emotions to. So, uh... Polish scientist number one, that I'm not going to try to booger his name up, 
at a state-run Polish Academy of Science, wasn't prepared for the disapproving public response when he entered Felis Catus, the scientific name for the common house cat, into a national database run by the Academy's Institute of Nature Conservation. Tell me you haven't seen the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats without telling me you haven't seen the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats. That scientist just went first. Yep. The database had 1,786 other species listed with no objection. Scientist number one told the Associated Press on Tuesday the uproar over invasive alien species number 1,787, he said, may have resulted in some media reports that created a false impression that his institute was calling for feral and other cats to be euthanized. As one would have it, even in Poland, you run a... You do one thing, you run a story, and people take it, and they blow it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Don't Fuck With Cats? No, I have not. It has nothing to do with cats, per se. Basically, it's about how... It's cat owners? No, it's basically how a group of internet sleuths in the mid-2000s tracked down a serial killer because his first videos he posted on this fucked-up website was him torturing cats. <sighs> and so they went as far as... Like seeing the the fucking wolf print blanket he had printed on the wall, tracking down where you can buy those, uh, lifting the background noise off of the TV and finding out they were in Polish. And long story short, the, these guys were able to track down a serial killer all the way in Ontario because of his because as they say, you know, serial killers usually start with killing animals. And on this weird website back in the day, he was posting videos of him torturing cats, and he's cat fans got pissed and they spent years and they tracked this fucker down oh yeah well speaking of polish and california we're going to go to california california northern california burglar a gurgler returned to the crime scene this weekend after he forgot something inside a donut company's corporate office uh, his id the thief stole some petty cash from Johnny's Donuts office oh, poor Johnny. in the San Francisco Can't Bay shit. Area on Saturday night, according to police. And in another twist, he also grabbed the keys to a bakery vehicle but did not steal the vehicle itself. San Rafael police seeking the public's help to identify said burglar, Gurgler. who used an unknown tool to manipulate the office's doorknob, let's say probably a credit card. Eh, maybe Gurgler. not a credit card. He probably doesn't have one. And to get inside around 10 p.m. Well, I mean, there's not much difference between a debit card and an EBT card, but I digress. According to, and here's a classic detective name, Lieutenant Dan Fink. Mr. Dan Fink. Private dick. The crime was reported to police on Monday. Surveillance video shows a man moving between offices and back storage area where he pried open the filing cabinet, according to Fink. So what was it that he left behind? Cell phone. No, his keys. Oh, eh, minor technicality. Part of investigating was finding out a way uh, why the specific business was targeted, he said. Craig Bloom, founder of Johnny's Donuts, which is odd because his name's not Johnny, said his company plans to deliver a few frozen donuts to the San Rafael Police Department. I rephrase that, a few dozen, not frozen. Still more than the views Don had on said video where he walked his wife to the Yep. Um, it came to our aid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and uh, so needless to say, you know, the funny tagline is sometimes even the thought of a donut makes you do crazy things. Ugh. 
People from that suite to one final story, and it's a sad one for certain people. I don't know if it will be sad for you or any other loved ones in the family. <laughs> <laughs> the Choco Taco <laughs> is discontinued. <laughs> what? A tech millionaire offered to buy it. A U.S. senator suggested that the government should force manufacturers to make it. Yeah, because that's so what we need, far, nationalization of the Choco Taco plant. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a little... I'm just trying it. to get my name to pay for something dumb. I'm sure there's a little cultural appropriation in there if you dig just a little bit on the left. Uh, but so far, Klondike isn't budging from its plans to discontinue the Choco Taco. Klondike confirmed Tuesday that the summer treat is being pulled from ice cream trucks, convenience stores, and the grocery shelves. Over the past two years, we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our whole portfolio and have had to make the very tough decision to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide according to a Klondike representative in an email. A necessary but unfortunate part of this process was that we sometimes must discontinue products. But how do you have an availability to the full portfolio if you discontinue a product? I'm pulling. I'm I'm, I'm calling bullshit. This is the Twinkie thing all over again. Were you claiming... Where you're claiming that no one bought Twinkies, now Twinkie had to go out of business, and you'll never get a Twinkie again. Then everyone's and pissed off, and someone turns around and buys it and redistributes Twinkies in the sales spike. You know who bought them? Yum Yum Treats? I don't know. I thought it was Bimbo, the uh, Mexican bakery company. Well, it could have been. Mm. So I'm, I'm saying this is the, the Twinkie all over again. Well, this news is tragic news for some people, not me. came just days after ice cream maker Good Humor confirmed the demise of another nostalgia steeped favorite. It happens in pairs, man. Always happens in pairs. Toasted almond bar is gone. What? The toasted almond bar. Never had one. Much like last this time last week, you had never ever had a crock on your foot, but here we are. Maybe I'll have an almond toasted bar tomorrow. Yep. So, uh, going back to Choco Taco was invented in 1983. By a former ice cream truck driver is a waffle cone shaped like a taco shell filled with fudge swirled ice cream. It's dipped in chocolate and peanuts and is a new demise that sent some Twitter users into a ha-ha-ha meltdown. And that is all I got for this Tuesday. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. Gordon failed at his job again today and forgot to tell me to remind me to record the show. So out of the last hour and some minutes, I only have 34 minutes recorded, which means after the show's over, I get to sit around and record the YouTube so replay live. Consider this a reminder for next week. So thank you guys show. for your continued support. Thank you for Morgan Long and Mike No Use for Last Name. And by the way, the latest episode, episode number six of the Tackle Your Personal Best with Mike with no use for last name and his partner Ron is currently up at pbbaits.d-410.com or simply go to d-410.com and you can see all the podcasts here on the Digital 410 Network. And uh, while you're there, go ahead and uh, sign up for Patreon and buy yourself a t-shirt. Mike was sporting a fancy Digital 410 t-shirt when we were out fishing this weekend. And uh, I did catch some saltwater fish this weekend. I caught... uh, 
caught some uh, mackerel, some redfish, a sail catfish, and a couple other fish. I will say that I prefer freshwater fish because, well, they don't have teeth. Uh, But anyhow, it was fun. You didn't get your gloves, did you? No, I had them. Um, The mackerel ended up regurgitating all his minnows that he had eaten all over the boat. That was fun. But anyhow, they just have sharp teeth. you got to handle them a different way. But anyhow, that was a good time. So anyhow, go check out that. And uh, much, much more. I've been super busy. Um, little fun note, I am now an official brand ambassador for Cast King Fishing Products. And so that's awesome. And so um, hopefully some cool stuff comes out of that. But anyhow, thank you guys so Made much. Dad proud. I never thought we'd have a fisherman in the family. Never thought we'd have an official brand ambassador in our family. <laughs> but anyhow, thank you guys. We'll talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production.